Welcome back to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, uh, back here with thoughts on uh, WWE Crown Jewel ahead of the show, which will take place uh, on Thursday in Saudi Arabia. Uh, the you know unique day show which we get uh, each year when uh, WWE goes to Saudi Arabia uh, will take place during the day, so there will be lots of reaction um, afterward. I'm sure based on what is a pretty stacked card. When you look at uh, how WWE has built this one up, uh, we've kind of grown accustomed to that at this point. When you just look at how they treat this event each year, it is like it is. They've said it before, but it's. It's basically a WrestleMania level type card that they try to build up uh, for the show. And I think they've done a pretty good job of giving you some must-see matches, um, you know, several at least, uh, others to be determined. But uh, there are, on paper, some very good matches on this card, even if uh, there has been frustration with WWE, which we all know that. Uh, but when it comes to the actual events and pay-per-views and such, a lot of them, more often than not, seem to to deliver uh, for the most part. Not everything, but uh, I think that's kind of what we'll see here. As um, you know, it is going to be a different sort of approach to the booking, but um, uh, we'll see kind of how things unfold here. Let's jump into the card, and and we'll start with the you know the Mansoor Mustafa Lee match. I think that's probably you know one of the more easier matches to predict on this card. And and I think that's okay because it's we always talk about this. It's like you know WWE has you know people that are clearly over whether that's in their hometown somewhere else in some of these other spots. Um, you know they always sometimes go with the swerve. They they don't want to uh, let anyone be happy about anything. Uh, but uh, I think as we've seen, you know with Mansoor, kind of the journey for him in WWE and kind of where it started. I mean, it just, they built this up um, to, to certainly be in a situation where he's going to win this match. I think this is easily the most predictable match on the card. Um, and again, there are going to be several others that are very easy to predict too, I think. But um, this is this is your lock. Like, this is the one that uh, Mansoor is going to win this match. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Uh, and the beauty of the internet is that uh, we, we will have this audio recording to play back uh, on the next episode if he does not win, uh, but I do think this is a pretty easy choice here with Mansoor to win. I don't know what this means, you know, for either of these two moving forward, um, you know, keeping up with, with everything, and, you know, they're going to head to SmackDown, and does it mean anything for them in the future? Do they wind up teaming again? Uh, it's it's very hard to predict, but uh, they clearly built us up for this spot right here, and, uh, you know, we'll see uh, what, how it goes with them and kind of where things go from here but uh, this seems like one where you'll get a good crowd reaction uh people will be behind Mansoor and um you know give him the win and I don't at this point what what does it hurt Ali because I think that his booking has been so up and down over the years that um there's there's only so much more you know you can say about what they're doing with him and the expectations are not very high perhaps moving forward for what they're going to do on that King of the Ring uh tournament finals Finn Balor and Xavier Woods. Uh, I think this is going to be a good match, and I think it's it's fun to finally see Xavier Woods, you know, get this sort of spotlight as a singles competitor and, and show that, I mean, he is pretty good in the ring. Like, I think that's something that when you have someone that's in a tag team, I don't want to say it's easy to forget, but, you know, there are different elements to tag team wrestling and, and singles wrestling. And I think when you see what Woods can do in sort of these um, you know, singles type spots, I think it's kind of fun to, to think about 
you know, the possibility of what they're going to do. Do I think he's going to be, you know, in that Kofi Biggie scenario where he's going to be the WWE champion? I mean, as of right now, I don't think that's, you know, going to be something that you're going to see him in that spot booked by WWE to get there. But um, they've at least taken, you know, some stock on him and, and pretty confident in putting him in, you know, this tournament finals here. And, um, you know, Finn Balor on the other side, I think, is one where, Coming out of the mysterious rope break at Extreme Rules, which I still don't know that we have any sort of, um, you know, insight or uh, great development on that, which uh, that was something where I was probably someone that said, hey, let's see what's next. Let's see how it plays out. Well, uh, clearly not a whole lot to do with that, um, with with whatever happened with him. But I think this is it's going to be tough to predict this one because you do have the scenario where which we don't always get this in WWE. You do have, you know, babyface versus babyface, and you've got, you know, two people that are cheered quite often, and people can get behind either one of them. Uh, but I don't. I just feel like it's it's maybe one of those situations where it's like putting Woods in the finals. You could see this from WWE, where it's like, all right, we we've, we've heard him talk about this and all this before. We don't necessarily we're not going to put him to win it, but we're going to put him in the finals. Maybe that will make people happy if we just put him in the finals, and then Balor ultimately wins. But I don't really think Balor needs it. Like, he doesn't need the King of the Ring win. Like, I mean, you've got the Demon. You've got all this other... I mean, do we need King Balor? Like, I think a King Woods and, you know, King Xavier, whatever they decide to do with this, I think it can be a lot more entertaining in terms of what the possibilities are there. Because, again, Finn Balor's already the Demon. What, what does it matter if he's the King, right? Like, it's. I don't know that there's a lot that you can necessarily push forward with this. Um, but I think with Woods, there's a lot more entertaining possibilities, and I'm sure they'll lean into that, um, whether consistently or not. I just think there can be some entertaining things they could do. If it is Woods, um, I'll pick Woods here. I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, I think people have sort of been, um, you know, over the years, we've, we've kind of gotten to the point where it's like when you expect or you, you kind of wish for one thing, um, you always think that it's going to be the other in terms of how it turns out. But I think Woods is the right call here, and I could be wrong on that, but um, I don't know that I necessarily also see them, you know, have him beating Finn Balor, who just challenged for the Universal Championship. Uh, so this is uh, this going to be a good match. I, I will say that. I think it's going to be a good match, but I don't. I think this is a, this is a tougher one to call here in terms of who could win this one uh, coming out of it between uh, Balor and Woods for the King of the Ring crown. And then there's the Queen's Crown tournament, which has uh, left a lot to be desired in terms of uh, match time. Uh, not a lot to it. I want to say it's been, what, 14, 15 minutes total for all the matches in this tournament. It's been a disappointment. And um, there were people, I wrote a column on 4-1 Mania uh, not long ago, right after, I guess it was after the first round, and talked about how it was sort of a bigger a bigger picture of the women's division as a whole outside of your top four or five stars. Uh, the booking of everyone else has just been a complete mess. And the stats are there to prove it. That's not an opinion. That's just facts. Like the facts are that a lot of these women, like a Zelina Vega, um, you know, like Liv Morgan, Carmella, you go down the line, other people who've been in this tournament. I think now you can add Shayna Baszler to the mix because all this big push that Shayna Baszler is getting she loses a match in a couple minutes to Dewdrop, which I have no problem with Dewdrop being in the in the finals of this tournament because at least perhaps you've got to assume here, and, I, and she's going to be my pick. I think she's going to win this thing. Um, but at least they're trying to do something with her. But this is where the problem is. 
You have a Shayna Baszler who you've kind of just restarted, and she's just destroying everyone, literally injuring people. Uh, you're presenting her as this big, undefeatable, you know, monster, and she loses in two minutes, even though it was, you know, based off sort of your kind of flash pinfall scenario. Uh, but I think it's just a bigger problem with the overall booking of everyone, you know, not named Becky, Charlotte, Bianca, Sasha, and and so forth. I think that's the bigger issue here. And and I think that is something that WWE is really going to have to look at moving forward. And maybe this is an opportunity. Let's say Dewdrop wins this thing. Maybe they decide to start to find ways to put her in that upper echelon. But can they do it consistently? And that's where when you have this tournament final, the booking of this tournament has not been consistent whatsoever when you consider that Zelina was just basically fed to everyone uh, in a couple minutes. Like she has not won hardly any matches since her return. Uh, she's not won much at all outside of this tournament. And so I think it just makes it much harder to get invested in that. And that's one of the issues I think WWE has to address at some point moving forward. Maybe this is a possibility to start doing that, uh, like we said, with a dew drop and such. But I don't have a lot of optimism on that because it's just it's proven that over the past year or so, especially, you just have not had outside of those top women stars that we mentioned there's just not been a lot that you've been able to really sort of sink your teeth into when it comes to some of these, um, you know, whether you call it mid-card, whatever you want to call it, the consistency has not been there. And so it's hard to always get invested because you always feel like you're going to be left in a spot where it's like, well, well, why should I invest in this knowing that she's probably going to win this week, but you know what, she'll probably turn around and lose next week. And then that cycle will continue for two or three weeks and a month and two months. And before you know it, six months and a year has gone past and you're in that same spot. So. I will give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt here. I assume Dewdrop wins this. That's my pick. Uh, but, you know, if Selena wins it, okay. Like, what do you do after that? But I just, I, I think there is a bigger problem with the women's division overall right now. Um, you know, again, outside of the top tier, the ones that are being focused on in actual stories and such, um, there's just, there's there's bigger issues. And, you know, we'll see. What happens with that? I mean, you know, like the Naomi Sonya stuff has been good. Like we said, you know, what you're getting with the top stars. But this is where they have to, I think, do a much better job of building other people up to be those top stars. And maybe this is an opportunity to do that with Dewdrop. And perhaps this match will get more than three minutes. I hope so. But we'll see if that actually happens. Um, let's talk about Goldberg, Bobby Lashley, no holds barred match. Uh, we know the build to this one. Uh, everything to do with uh, Goldberg's son and Goldberg essentially... Um, out for blood here uh, with Bobby Lashley. And this is where, on the surface to me, Bobby Lashley should win this match. But then I think when you factor in the entire build to this, the fact that the show is happening in Saudi Arabia, I think that the, I think there is a very possible chance that Goldberg is going to win this match because it is something where it's like, all right, you've set up this storyline where it is man somehow going after another man's son, which I don't think has been, you know, one of those things that played, I thought the the way they played it up at SummerSlam, you know, having Gage run in and Lashley didn't know who it was. I, I thought it was kind of, it was an interesting decision, I think, to go that route. But, I mean, you've had Goldberg basically, you know, again, hyping this up as a, a life or death type thing here, where it's like he has to win this match. He's going to get his revenge. Gage is going to be there. I almost think it's like, well, how does Goldberg not win this match? I don't know that he should. But I keep thinking, I'm like, this is WWE, Saudi Arabia show. Like, like even if you look at like the betting odds, like Lashley's the favorite here. But I'm just, I keep thinking in the back of my head, 
the way they built this up, I find it hard to believe that Goldberg's not going to win this thing. Um, and again, maybe I'm wrong on this, but uh, that's why we do predictions. Like there, it's impossible, I think, to to make these kind of predictions for a lot of wrestling companies. But I think it is more so difficult with WWE at times uh, because you just never know what the, the plan's going to be on some of this and how many times that plan could change. I will actually pick Goldberg here. I just, I, I again, I, I think with how they played this up, the story that they put in place. I just cannot see them having Goldberg lose this match, talking about all this stuff about avenging his son and all of this. If you have Goldberg lose that match, uh, well, then, you know, I think it's, you take him down a notch here. And and again, what does that hurt at this point in his career? Not much, because they're just, they're going to keep doing, I think, the cycle of what they've done with Goldberg. It's not like he's going to be on TV every single week. He'll come back for a couple matches, um, and that'll be that. But, I just I think Goldberg wins, and uh, we'll, we'll see what what the scenario is there. Unless unless they do the swerve where Gage turns on Goldberg, and uh, all of a sudden we've got Gage Goldberg, the new heel rock star phenomenon here um, in WWE. I I don't want to give any ideas, but uh, I suppose that's always a possibility. But no, in all seriousness, I I'm picking Goldberg here. I just I think this is the route they're gonna go, but could be wrong. We'll see uh, on that. All right, RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omas uh, for the tag team championships. Raw, that is. I I will say this. I think that this is one where I am getting to the point, and it has nothing to do with Omas, but I think I have kind of gotten to the point. And and also WWE has used him in this scenario, like they've used him in singles matches. But I kind of want to get back to seeing the AJ Styles, you know, top star singles wrestler who can be in some of these top matches and i think we're probably going to get there sooner rather than later at least that's my hope because i just kind of miss that aspect i think with styles like he's been in this team for a while now and i think at first some of us thought maybe it's going to be more of a short-term thing like this has been going on for a long time and i I don't i'm not saying that this is you know a product of anything to do with omas but i just want to see styles in more singles matches i want to see him more invested in singles feuds which, again, has sort of happened in a sense with Orton and Riddle. He's been able to have matches with both of those two, but I do like the idea of eventually, sooner rather than later, getting Styles back to sort of, um, you know, because he's still really over. I mean, he's still someone that is really, really good at what he does, and I just I think there's there's a path to get there very soon. I just don't know exactly what that path looks like. Meanwhile, I suppose some people may say the exact same thing for Riddle and Orton where you get to perhaps putting those two back in singles, um, you know, action at some point. But there has been a good balance with this. Uh, I don't know that this feud has been for everyone, but I think they've done a good balance of not just having tag team match after tag team match after tag team match. They have had some of these singles, you know, pairings and such, and it's given you good matches. Um, So maybe that's kind of what they're going to continue to play into. But I'm not against, you know, eventually somehow if we can get this tag team division built up a little bit more, uh, which has been, again, a very hard thing to do because everyone is trying to coexist these days in WWE. Uh, You know, whether it's Orton, Riddle, Big E, McIntyre, Champa, Breaker, like go down the line, like Rhea, Nikki, like there's just every tag team, it seems like, uh, is can we coexist? I think eventually we're going to see the split. Uh, somewhere along the line with with one or both of these teams. I don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe we get some seeds planted sooner rather than later, but um, I will pick Orton and Riddle here uh, because, again, maybe that's sort of the 
the setup for Styles to eventually get in that spot. But I think Orton and Riddle probably the better pick here uh, in this one. So I'm going to go with them to retain the championships. And let's go to the Hell in a Cell match. Edge and Seth Rollins. Uh, this should be a really good match. This is another one, like we say, on paper. I mean, you would, you're not going to have a, uh, you're going to have a hard time finding a bad match out of these two, period. But I think, you know, the Hell in a Cell adds another aspect to it. They built this up, you know, as sort of your, your very intense feud between these two. They've cut promos back and forth. Um, you know, there's obvious hatred there. And we, we talk about, you know, the whole thing with um, Rollins invading Edge's home and all this stuff, which, you know, is, is something. But I mean, it's a good match. Like, this, this could very well be the best match on the card when all is said and done. Um, I, I think Edge wins. Sort of kind of like we talked about with the Goldberg-Lashley thing, where it's like, you know, Rollins invaded this man's home. And um, it's something where, hey, you know, basic good versus bad one-on-one, uh, the good should be able to eventually, uh, you know, get the win over the bad here. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Edge to win this match. I think Edge is probably the choice here, um, whether, you know, again, do you, you agree with it or not in terms of where things are at, but I think they built it up really well. And I, I just think that, that Edge gets to win. and. Um, you know, for Edge, he's going to have to move with both of these guys. Both these guys are headed to Raw. Uh, so, you know, there's a possibility for them to continue this again at some point in the future. But it's a Hell in a Cell match. Should be a blow-off. Uh, not always the case with WWE, but uh, I think this is kind of your blow-off to the feud here. And uh, I think Edge wins. So I'll pick Edge in the, the Hell in a Cell match. And then I think it'll really be interesting to see where these two go from here. Uh, now that they are moving to Raw, there are some, you know, new possibilities they can work with. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the Edge AJ, AJ Styles thing that we talked about a minute ago with Styles. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the direction. I think that uh, both of these go in after this match um, and maybe what kind of tweaks there are perhaps to their characters. We'll see on that. All right, let's get into the SmackDown Women's Championship match, the triple threat, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks uh, for that SmackDown Women's Championship. Clearly the, the setup here is is interesting because if Becky wins, Charlotte's still the Raw Women's Champion. You're going to have to do a swap like you did with the Street Profits and New Day. That did not go over well with people. Could they really do it again? <laughs> they certainly could. Like They certainly could do just a swap again where you have these two switch championships since one you know, is going to Raw, one's going to SmackDown. Maybe Becky becomes the Raw Women's Championship that she never lost. Um, Charlotte instantly becomes the SmackDown Women's Champion. I really hope they don't go this route, but the thing is set up to where the only way out of it is to have Sasha Banks win this match, which I am not against. I think that is clearly from a, something that would make sense the most is to have Sasha win this because in that scenario, I don't know that it's going to help anyone in terms of Becky or Bianca, uh, because I think the problem you have in the Sasha scenario is that in all likelihood, if Sasha wins this match, she's going to pin Bianca. And I think, going back to SummerSlam, I was of the opinion too, and I will willing to admit that I'm wrong here if this is how it plays out. It was wait and see. Let's see if this Becky-Bianca thing, this basically squash you had there, um, does it make Bianca a bigger star moving forward? Based on what has happened thus far, I think the answer is no. And based on, let's say, Sasha were to win this match, She's probably going to pin Bianca. I don't think she's pinning Becky. So that, I think, would be another sort of strike towards play out of that scenario that happened at SummerSlam. But again, 
I I think that Becky probably wins here. Um, I just it's hard to call. Like I don't, and that maybe is the problem. Is I think Bianca's third on this list for me. Is I think it's probably Becky first, Sasha, and then Bianca. And I don't know if that's a good thing to kind of be thinking about it in that regard now for Bianca based on where she was heading into SummerSlam and where she is now. But I could see them doing the swap again. I, I would absolutely hate to see it, but I could see them swapping these titles. Uh, so I'm going to pick Becky here. I, I think Sasha's the right move um, because that, that takes away some of the issues here uh, in terms of, you know, then what do you do in terms of having Charlotte, who's the Raw Women's Champion, go over to SmackDown? Then I think you have a dynamic where it's like, all right, at least you have your SmackDown Women's Champion on SmackDown, which is Sasha. Um, then I think you get to figure out, okay, well, what the heck do we do with Charlotte? Uh, and that's where I think, you know, Charlotte as a heel could play into that and be like, well, hold on a second. I shouldn't be losing my title. Then maybe you kind of have that switch where Charlotte goes after Sasha. Then, you know, the Raw Women's Championship, I, you know, Becky has claim to it that she didn't lose it. There's a lot of sort of scenarios I think you could play out there, but, uh, I am probably most intrigued by this. Well, outside of the main event. I'm, I'm, this is the second one I'm most intrigued by because I'm, I'm curious to see what they do here. Should be a good match. I think I think it'll be a, a really good you know performance from all three women. Uh, but the decision they decide to make here is certainly going to set the course for what's to come on both brands in terms of the championships on that. So uh, very curious to see uh, how that plays out there. All right, let's talk about uh, the Biggie Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. I think this is pretty straightforward. I think it's going to be Biggie winning this match. This is all about Drew McIntyre. I think sort of giving that, you know, one more kind of push for uh, Big E as the champion. And we know McIntyre is heading to SmackDown. Uh, Big E is your WWE champion. That's not going to change again. I think this is all about giving Big E another big win, which I think they've done a really good job with Big E thus far. I know, you know, some people are wildly talking about raw ratings and uh, being a product of Big E and all this. That's just pure nonsense because um, Big E is, I think they booked him pretty well as champion. They've done a good job. I think putting everything, uh, you know, kind of where it needs to be with him to really build him up as this, you know, big time, big feel champion. And I think this is another opportunity here where if he beats McIntyre uh, clean, straight up, uh, that gives Big E another push in the right direction. I think this should be a really good match between these two. Very hard hitting. Uh, but I think McIntyre, you know, has the smackdown here and, you know, perhaps starts chasing after Reigns. Uh, Big E stays the WWE champion. And uh, speaking of Reigns, it will be Roman Reigns going one-on-one -on -one with Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Uh, of course, the whole dynamic here has been played up about what is Paul Heyman going to do. And I've actually enjoyed, you know, a lot, really, the build to this. And um, even though I, I find it very hard to believe Brock Lesnar is going to beat Roman Reigns in this match, um, I'm more curious to see how they do this. And I, and I think that is, that's a good thing. Like, you want to have that intrigue heading into a match that's this big of this caliber, you know, having a match that eventually we knew they were going to work to at some point in time. Uh, when you added in Heyman managing Reigns, when the whole dynamic changed when Reigns came back last year, you knew this was a match that was going to be in the works at some point. And now that you're getting it, um, how do you, how do you do it? And I hope, I really, really hope that there are no, sort of um, non-finishes here, which I think would just be a bad idea um, given just, you know, the goodwill and everything you want to try to build up uh, moving forward, heading into, you know, 
this whole revamp and everything that you're trying to do uh, on both brands after you've had the draft and all this. I, I just would would like to think there's going to be a finish here, but I also know that you're talking about two of the most protected guys that WWE has had in a long time in terms of pushing them as the guy. Reigns has been pushed as the guy. Lesnar has been pushed as the guy. And when you have those setups, you often wonder, how is WWE going to get out of this scenario? And are they going to give you the non-finish like we've seen before, you know, in certain scenarios? We've seen those recently. We've seen those in the past. Um, I, I think that is, to me, the most interesting aspect of this is, are they actually going to have Reigns pin Lesnar and if they do, you would assume there's probably going to be some sort of shenanigans involved with Heyman there, um, you know, who has pretty much declared that he is going to be walking out of Crown Jewel with the Universal Champion. So keeping it a little vague, but um, I don't, I don't see a scenario here where you're having Heyman turn on Lesnar, or excuse me, Heyman turn on Reigns or anything to rejoin Lesnar. I just don't see that playing out. Um, I think that would be sort of a a short-sighted move uh, for some odd reason. They decided to do that, uh, but I I am looking forward to this one. I, I will say that, and I, it's it's such a different thing than we're used to seeing when it comes to Reigns versus Lesnar. We've always known in the past it's been pushing Brock as this you know big heel champion versus Reigns, who was kind of the guy put in that um, chosen one babyface scenario at the top of WWE. That was always a you know one of those things that worked at times but didn't work at other times. Now it's such a different feel having these two swap places, basically. Uh, but both feel pretty fresh in terms of where they're at uh, in their character at this point in their career. Um, again, because Brock has sort of flipped now into being someone that people you know, want to root for against Reigns, and others w- will not. Others will still be behind Reigns uh, just based on what he's done over the past year or so. But, um, I, it, I mean, I can't pick Lesnar here. I mean, I think you have to pick Reigns because I, I think this, we've talked about it before, who eventually dethrones Roman Reigns, which I'm actually putting together a column that'll go up on 411, uh, assuming that Reigns wins this match. Uh, I'm going to wait to make sure because otherwise uh, it will be you know, not really worth uh, the time to revisit that argument uh, that we talked about probably six months or so now uh, ago uh, and looking at you know who are the best options. Well, if Reigns beats Lesnar, even if they have another match, I just don't know that Lesnar's going to ultimately be the one that's chosen to beat Reigns. Uh, maybe they do it. Maybe for them, the story works because of the Heyman aspect. And maybe that is sort of your ultimate blow off is to have Lesnar beat Reigns. But in my opinion, we know that the rock is still out there. There's been rumors of him coming back at survivor series. If you're going to do that, you know how they have to build to that match with Reigns versus rock, uh, assuming that that's what they're going to do. And if you do that, you want to still have Reigns on this, you know, unbeatable streak that he's been on. Um, and so, in that scenario, you're going to have Reigns win this match against Lesnar. It's just how does he do it? How does Paul Heyman factor into it? Um, so th- there is a lot of fascinating possibilities with that. And, um, you know, again, even if there are some things on the card, I think WWE necessarily hasn't done a great job building up. Uh, and, uh, you know, others have been okay. But I think this one is easily, uh, certainly, you know, at the very top in terms of what you're probably most looking forward to to see how they go about this. Um, and we'll see kind of what comes of it and maybe what the direction is moving forward uh, for both based on what happens in this match. So uh, there are some thoughts on WWE Crown Jewel. Um, Again, on on paper, good-looking card, and uh, we'll see uh, how things deliver on that front once uh, it's actually in the ring. 
And, uh, of course, we'll have all the coverage uh, you need of that over at 41mania.com. We'll have live coverage during the event on Thursday, so be sure to check that out. Uh, all our news, columns, reviews, everything will be up over there. Uh, so check everything out uh, on the site, and uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for 41 on Wrestling. And, uh, as always, we'll have the link to the GoFundMe for Larry Zonka's family in the show notes, so be sure to continue to share and contribute to that if you can, and uh, everything else, 411mania.com. But uh, thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next time here on the 411 on Wrestling Podcast.